0: Hello,
2: and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I'm your host and also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest, the lovely Romney. Hi, Romney. Hey. Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, so income, location, you know, all that jazz.
3: Okay. So my name's Romney. Um, last name's Grona. I'm a registered nurse. I live in Saskatchewan or Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in Canada. Um, I've been a registered nurse for almost three years now. Um, What else can I say? I'm married. Uh, My husband is an accountant. I am very interested in finance. Um, Last May, kind of shortly after COVID happened, we were saving up for a down payment on a house, but my husband had a student loan, so he was really trying hard to pay that off and couldn't really contribute much to saving up for a house. Um, shortly after that, we kind of had a discussion and said, what would it be like if we just put off buying a house and tackled debt? Cause at that point we had $87,000 in debt.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: And how old were you? How old was I when we did this? I was 24. Nick was 25. And how old are you now? I'm 25 now. Nick's
2: 27. Yeah. So still pretty young. Yeah, still very young, and then how yeah. much do you make a year i made I made
3: eighty five thousand dollars this past year. Perfect and yeah. what kind of nurse are you? Um so I work in labor and delivery. Ooh, full baby time. yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's so fun. I it's, give you so much credit. I it's feel like-
3: literally the best job in the world. <laughs> it would scare me. Oh, yeah. It was freaky when I started, but it's its the best job. And then I also have another job that I kind of work casual at, and that is at a fertility clinic, so helping people get pregnant.
2: Oh, nice. And do yeah. you do egg freezing too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did that.
3: Really? That's
2: awesome. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not. I can't remember because we've done so many. I think I maybe talked about it for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that was Oh, it is. Oh, that's great. So you have a side hustle too. Yeah. See, I always wanted
3: to do something on the side, but I couldn't really figure out, you know, like selling things and I just didn't really enjoy that. So I just figured, you know, casually I could do this and I still made like, I still make a good, a little
2: amount of money every year. So yeah yeah. and you're using your skill set, which is great. Like mm-hmm. it's a di- yeah. I'm sure a little bit of a different um, vibe than mm-hmm. the labor and delivery, yeah, they kind of go hand in hand, but two completely different
3: things at the same time. So I enjoy it though,
2: <laughs> absolutely. And then how much does your
3: husband make? Nick makes about eighty thousand. Nice. so he gets like a base salary, and then on top of that, they get like a a yearly bonus. So, um, for example, this past year, or I guess this coming year, he got $12,000 as a bonus just because nice. okay. I don't know, they've just been so busy. So usually it can be up to, I think it's 10% of their salary. I can't remember actually, but anyways, so his projection this year with his bonus and his raise will, he'll make about 90. Okay, perfect. And unfortunately I got no clue how much I'm going to make this year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, the good news is, so then with, with being in the pandemic, it seems like your jobs were both pretty steady.
3: Yes. Yeah. We had we had lots of job security. In fact, there was like too much work almost.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, babies were still being born. Yeah. Many now. <laughs> I would say, did you see like a bump up in how many um, babies you were seeing?
3: Yes. Yeah. Like from December continuing on now, there's been, it's been insane. I think. At the hospital I work at in February, there was about 500 deliveries. Just oh my in February. gosh. 28 days. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of babies. That's a ton it's, of babies. Everybody's pregnant right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's really crazy.
2: That's funny. Okay. Yeah. So then you guys decided, so then what does your budget look like?
3: Oh gosh. So we've tried the whole budgeting thing before, but because okay. kind of this past year, we've really been wanting to pay off debt. Mm-hmm. Basically, every time we get paid, we just try to map it out in our head like we pay off our bills we were just renting right now so okay we both pay our rent everything's pretty much split down the middle um okay. we pay our bills we pay our cell phones and then we pay insurance for a car and after that whatever we have left we both try to just see how much can we live off of basically how like the minimum for the next two weeks so okay usually I leave about two hundred dollars in my account for groceries but we both live close enough to work that we walk
2: so oh that's we don't great really
3: yeah. So we don't really buy gas. We also share a vehicle. And then, yeah, so it's not really like, a, okay, we're going to keep track of our spending. It's basically like, we have this much, we have to make it work. work. Got it. I,
2: yeah. no, I, that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then what, t- talk about the debt. So I know your, your husband has the 87,000 in student loan and you decided oh. to kind of focus on that. So actually, that was our total, but it, he was um, having a
3: student loan oh. as well. So let me explain. So um, last May, we had about $87,000 in okay. loans. $40,000 okay. was from a vehicle loan. Okay. <laughs> and um, he had two different student loans. So he had a government student loan and then a bank student loan. Okay. So the government student loan was, at this point, 35000 and the bank student loan was 12300 I think. Okay. Yeah. So roughly around 87, I think.
2: Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then you decided to focus on paying that down.
3: Well, we started listening to Dave Ramsey and that's kind of what got me started because I started listening to this guy's podcast and I was like, oh my goodness, Nick, we need to start paying our crap off. And he's like, slow down. (laughs) Um, And then eventually I finally got him hooked on the podcast. And yeah, at the end of May is when we decided we were going to pay everything off. So we Fantastic. started, yeah, it was nice. So we started with the bank student loan because it was the lowest. Okay, yeah, twelve thousand three hundred, and then it also had the highest interest. So that was kind of an easy win for us.
2: Oh yeah, that's an easy decision. Mm-hmm.
3: So that one didn't take long, maybe a couple months, and then next we wanted to pay off our Jeep just because it had also higher interest, and then the Canada student loan you got a tax referral, so we went after oh. that. And next, mm-hmm. okay. And how are you doing on that one? Done. Our Jeep's paid off. Whoa. Yeah. The bank's student loan is paid off.
2: <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic. Yes. And so are you
3: working on the government one now? Yes. So as of today, because we both had our tax returns this morning, we have $3,000 left in debt
2: completely. So. Oh my God, that's phenomenal. And you did this in what was less than a year?
3: Yeah, less than a year. It's about 11. Well, we started at the end of May, so March. Yeah, about 11 months now, and we should be debt-free in two weeks. So, yeah. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. I know. It's so crazy. It doesn't feel real.
2: <laughs> That'll be such a wonderful feeling. Hmm. Yeah, it will be. And to see what you did in, like – so you paid off $87,000 in debt in, like, basically yeah. under 12 months.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it really helped, too, with COVID just because – I was always kind of the type of person that I always had a vacation booked. And, you know, I felt like, you know, there was no traveling allowed. There was really nothing we could do. If COVID didn't happen, I don't think we would have been able to do
2: it. And so then what is the plan now? Because you've shown how disciplined you can be with the, I know no one likes the word budget, but with savings or now you could turn that around and use that for savings. Exactly. And and then also, I know you're so young, but what about retirement? What's the plan? Because Canada yeah. works different than the U.S. because we've you're our second Canadian guest. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, so basically, we actually had a talk about this a couple months ago because I said, you know, we're getting really intense with this, but what happens when it's done? Because, you know, like you have one goal, it's pretty easy to go after when that's all you have to think about. So basically, we had a chat and we're going to we've already have um, a down payment saved for a house right now in an RRSP. So. We're going to start like a bigger emergency savings. That's the next thing as soon as this debt's done. And okay. then we're, we're basically just going to stack away as much cash as we can. We have different accounts that we want to put it into. We're going to start up saving it for a travel account once traveling's okay. Um, and then as well as like a house account. So once we get a house, things we need to buy for it, that
2: kind of stuff. Yes, because um, the house always needs mm-hmm. something. I have... <laughs>
3: always yeah so we'll see what kind of house we get and how much work it needs but also we want a dog so we want to put away money for a dog too perfect Um, so yeah in regards to retirement though so we both have good pensions through work Nick has a better one though his company matches whatever he puts in mine doesn't so
2: okay
3: his is a little bit more right now but mine is through Shep um, I can't remember what that stands for, Saskatchewan something pension plan. Okay. But basically, I put in the max. I called them actually last week to kind of ask about that. And they said, you can't put any put in any less, you can't in, put in any more. Basically, it's kind of straight across the board. Everybody's the same. Okay, got it. But on top of this, like once we started saving and um, putting all our money into debt, we stopped all of our investments. So okay. I told Nick, I said, as soon as we're done, this debt off mine are starting up right away. So on top of um on top of our pensions we'll be we'll be investing in an in RSP, TFSA into stocks probably too. So I hope to retire when I'm 50 or even sooner. So this will kind of be that extra cushion
2: I'm hoping. Okay, perfect. Because yeah. why don't you explain for our listeners, so because like pensions are not that common in the US. Oh they're not? No. Oh what do it's you do? Rare. Ah yeah, that's why we do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> No, um, some people have them, government workers will have them, um, teachers will have them, but it's not not that common. It, I would say most people don't get a pension, and okay. then the ones that do, they're just not as good as they used to be. So I would say for, for the US, you would save in your 401k, which is like your do-it-yourself option, right? Which is-
3: Like an RSP.
2: Yes. It's okay. more similar to an RSP. Yeah. So you put money into it. And then the company gives, you know, the company provides you with this uh, vehicle to save for retirement. Sometimes they give you money towards it, um, okay. but it's not a true pension and there is no guarantee payout when you retire or guaranteed okay. amount. Um, it's just like whatever the market has done based on the investments that you've chosen. And then okay. some companies contribute and some companies don't just depends on where, who you work for. And then in addition to that, then the government gives you essentially a pension, right? They give you a payment called Social Security. Mm -hmm. And that just depends on how much you made throughout the course of your career, how much you're eligible for. So normally for most people when they retire, it's whatever they've saved through their work plan or on their own or a combination, and then whatever they get from the government for Social Security. And Social Security usually works out to be one third of what they need, give or take. Okay.
3: Interesting.
2: Yeah. So a little a little different on this side.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically every single paycheck, money gets taken off for your retirement. So I work full time. So basically, you can pick up overtime in that time. Your shifts don't always land. It's not like a set schedule, Monday to Friday. They're basically all over the place. So what that means is my paychecks are always different. They're pretty much around the same, but they vary kind of biweekly, depending on how much extra time or overtime I worked. Or if I took some shifts off. So basically, SHEP is just a percentage of the net pay that you get. So so if I made like $2,000 in a pay period, SHEP or, or in retirement would take off about 240 of that and put it into your retirement account. Okay. So it's really different paycheck to paycheck, but they take off money every single every single pay period and you can't really change that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the more you work and the longer you work, the better retirement and pension plan you'll get. Okay. Whereas if you worked part time, you would have to work longer to actually get that or a better amount, I guess I should say.
2: Yep. Yeah. And then everything it grows tax deferred until you take it out. Take it out, yes,
3: exactly. Yeah. So I think at that point then you have to take it out slowly so you get less tax on it.
2: Yes. I'm pretty yep. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I I believe that is
3: accurate. I'm not a big I'm not super familiar with this too much, unfortunately.
2: That's okay. <laughs> perfect. Okay. So then you, so you stopped all your retirement savings to get yeah. the debt paid down. And now so starting back up in May, you'll yeah. go back into your pension through work and yeah. then. Oh, oh, sorry.
3: My pension through work continued
2: on. I just meant our own investments. Oh. Your own investment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's going to say, so, stay. so yeah. your pension is always being contributed always. to. Yep. Yeah. 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 So your own savings will start back up in May.
3: Right. Like our own investments and stuff. yep. Yeah.
2: Perfect. And then you're going to separate. And I love the idea of separating. I'm always a big fan. So you'll separate it out for like a vacation, emergency fund, house maintenance fund. Yeah, everything.
3: And then we have like a joint bill. So like right now, we both put money into our rent. Like we have separate bank accounts, which I prefer.
2: But then we have joint accounts in those. That's interesting because it's always interesting to see how people do it. So you split the bills down the middle, but you have your own separate accounts. Exactly. Yeah. So at the
3: end of the day, you know, if he wants to buy something, okay, that's his money and my money's my money. But we still have joint accounts where we come together and we kind of team up on things and pay it off together. So I
2: much prefer that.
3: (laughs) Nick's more of a spender. So sometimes it's better that I don't need to look at his stuff.
2: (laughs) You have to be like, what did you do? Uh, So with the bills, do they come out of the joint account? Yes, they do. Yeah, perfect. our rent comes perfect. right from the joint account.
3: And then we have, um, we pay monthly for our um, plates for our vehicle, and those come out of um, a different account as well.
2: Okay, perfect. Yeah. And then so how much do you have saved now for the down payment? We have about
3: 23000 So it's about 5% on the type of house we want, which would be around probably 420000 Okay, yeah, I
2: was going to ask like, what the housing prices were like. Oh, they're they're actually pretty
3: bad right now, just because okay. it's such a buyer's market,
0: mm-hmm. and um,
3: there's not much to sell. So houses are marked up quite a bit more. But it's a good time for us. We want to buy, so we'll see. We are and pre-approved, are, and oh, sorry, go
2: on. Oh, good. I was going to say,
3: what you, what are the mortgage rates looking like? Are they? Um, so we got ours through RBC. We're pre-approved right now, and it's two point zero nine percent.
2: It's fantastic.
3: Yeah, it's good. Like they're good right now. But the day that we got pre-approved, she said that they're going up tomorrow and I can't remember how much. But oh. you know, now that they're picking up, those rates are gonna start to climb again. So everybody wants to get a house right now.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: and lock in that low that low yeah. mortgage
2: rate. And it was that for a 30 year mortgage?
3: That is for actually a five year fixed rate. So that won't change in that five years. Okay. And then um, it would go up. And is it amortized over thirty or I don't, I think it's a 15 year. I'm not
2: sure. 15 though. year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It could definitely be a 15. Um, it actually probably is more likely being a 15 just given the rate. Yeah. But it might change after
3: that, but we just figured, you know, for the next five years, once we buy, it'd be nice to know it's not going to change. So
2: we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And then are you, so are you looking or are you, what?
3: Yeah. So actually last week we got pre-approved and then the next day we had a meeting with our real estate agent. So, um, he's kind of set us up so he every, he basically puts us into the system and puts all of our wants kind of things so like three bedroom minimum like a thousand square feet two car garage that kind of thing and then we get basically get these listings every day as a new house comes on the market um, well, so we haven't really seen any that we want yet and we're still kind of struggling with an area so basically, we're going to keep looking. And then if we see some, you know, through the email that we like, we'll contact him and maybe see a showing. But yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's a big decision. Yeah, it's really hard to know, like, what kind of area we want to live in. So that'll be the next challenge.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so are you just having an open mind and figuring if it takes six months, it takes six months? Or are you
3: looking? Yeah. Down- I think we have three months. I think our we're pre-approved for three. I don't know how it works if we can get extended after that three. I think we need to talk with them, but we're hoping probably in the next couple months here we're going to find something. But like I said, there's not a ton right now for sale. But he thinks there's going to be more coming, so we'll see. Yeah,
2: usually the spring is a popular t- time to sell, from what I yeah yeah summer spring yep so so that'll be good. And so then yeah. and that'll if it you know takes a couple months it will be good. So you can bulk up. 'Cause you have emergency now?
3: No, we don't. Yeah, that's the okay. thing
2: too. We were just like, Okay, it's
3: a good time to get pre approved, but at the same time we need to stack up some more cash as well. So you know Yeah, absolutely. And have like, they
2: gone over the closing costs with you? What it cost to
3: Yes,
2: yeah, so the mortgage?
3: Yep. Yeah, so he kind of ran through all of that. So we should probably save up an extra three to five thousand dollars just for lawyer fees as well
2: and closing costs. So
3: Perfect. I I mean, good. That's
2: good. They went over that with you. Sometimes they like aren't super (laughs) transparent about that. Yeah. No, he was super
3: good. Like he was super organized and kind of ran through absolutely everything. Like, yeah, we really like our real estate agent. So yeah, I think it'll be good. He's kind of, he just tells you like it is. He kind of doesn't just tell you what you want to hear. And so that's nice. So.
2: Perfect. Well, that's fantastic. So then it seems like, are you, do you have a target for how much you want to have saved this next this coming year like from May onward or you're just gonna see how it honestly
3: goes? like I said, kind of just save up that three to five thousand dollar closing cost start that emergency fund and then kind of go we kind of we're more like there. we're into the short-term goals I guess the debt was a little bit more long term just because it was a larger sum of money but yeah I think we're big just gonna sum kind of, of money t- <laughs> yeah I think we'll probably just take it month by month and see where we're at just because I don't know so many things are kind of happening right now so
2: We'll I know it be... is hard to plan with everything that's with going on with, yeah. um, with COVID. Totally. Um, well, do you have any questions for me? It sounds like this is a great plan. I'm super impressed that you got all the <laughs> loans paid off.
3: No, I don't think so. I mean, we're just, yeah, we're taking it slowly and going from there. I think, yeah, it will be hard, though, once it's paid off, to kind of keep that same motivation, I guess, a bit, you know. So, I don't know. Do you like to budget? What's How do you save money? What's your whole spiel? <laughs> So
2: I like to, but I call it budgeting backwards. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically I like to set what my goals are going to be. So exactly what you're doing, saying like, okay, we need, you know, we want to have another three to 6,000 for closing costs saved. And then I work my money. I call it backwards because I feel like most people have their money, hit their bank accounts after they get paid. And then Mm -hmm. at the end of the month they say, Oh, this is what's left over. Like how much do I have left for, Mm -hmm saving for this goal, that goal, or you know, whatever it is, vacation. And then they're like, oh, I don't have enough to get there versus saying, oh, well maybe I shouldn't have spent all that money on lunches out and then I could have had the vacation. Most people look at they don't pay themselves first, if you will. Oh totally. So what I do is I sit down and figure out what my goals are, like how much I want to have saved for retirement, how much I want to have saved for my emergency fund. One thing right now is I'm trying to bulk up because um, I feel like actually this is a good question because no one really ever asked me. Um, I'm trying to save up for investing more in the stock market, like outside mm-hmm. of my retirement, because I felt yeah. I focused on retirement for a long time. So to give you reference, I am 36, mm-hmm. so in between about 10 years older than both of you. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to uh, bulk up on my investment, like non my investing account, basically my non retirement. Mm-hmm. So, I set what I want that number to be, and then I prioritize that, and then I live on what's left over, yeah, <laughs> and then you know, obviously, I was looking at um an Instagram account who's um who we're gonna have them on later this season, and they were showing how you know not every month is the same with budgeting. there's definitely months where I don't hit it totally, and then I you know put a little bit less towards the investment account, but yeah for the most part, I set out my goals in the beginning of the year of like what I want to target and then work backwards. And this year, um, one of my goals was to pay for a vacation for some of my family. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I thought that would be nice. And so Mm -hmm. that was a goal. And I said about, you know, I estimated what I thought the flights were going to cost, what hotel was going to cost. I did not, Price in the minivan that I will need for all these people, <laughs> um, but that was the least of everything. And so that was something that I put in my budget for the year of like yeah. what. So yeah, that I kind of I like how you're doing because I think it's better. I like the idea of setting what your goals are and then mm-hmm. having your money help you reach them, rather than money being the constraint for why totally. you don't get to do things. Totally. Yeah. I've
3: always found budgeting really hard you know like oh 50 bucks for this 30 bucks for that it's like no we'll just put as much as we can on something and then try to live off it and you know for the most part it works fine
2: (laughs) it's amazing that I think when you say to yourself at least for me like when you say to yourself okay I'm gonna live off of you know two thousand dollars a month or three thousand dollars a month um Mm -hmm. which is usually my personal target um because all the other money is going towards different goals that mm-hmm. usually when it's you, when you have it in your bank account, you're just like, oh, okay, maybe I should not go out to eat tonight. I should eat leftovers or I should cook. Mm-hmm. I feel like once it's in your, once you set your targets and you allocate the monies the way you want them so that they're working for you and towards your you know financial future, Mm -hmm. I think it's easier. The other, and other people do it where they say, okay, I'm going to spend X on food, X on this, X on that. I do it a little bit like what you do, which is I take all the money out of the account. Everything is out except what Mm -hmm. I'm going to live on.
3: Yes. Same. I can't leave money in my checking account because, you know, then it's like, I just want to spend it, you know?
2: (laughs) It gives me that false sense of security of like, oh, more money. I can do this. It's in there. Yeah. And I like the idea of setting up bank accounts where they're named, like I've always name them so I know even yeah. though it's all one big savings account and I have it named for like what the well it's easier because
3: then it's like you don't pull the money from there because you know it's for x y or z
2: so absolutely yeah I love doing that too <laughs> but yeah I know I feel like budget gets a bad like a, ba- a bad name but it's really it's all about how you because like what you're doing is essentially budgeting too right you're saying I'm only gonna spend x you're just not segmenting out the dollars and how they're being spent but the concept is the same right you're pre-planning your money's uses and saying okay we're buying a house we're paying down debt we're doing getting a dog fund you know yes so it's all all about how you phrase it right and the delivery and how how it's going to work for you but ultimately i think it's so important to have your money going towards your goal and pay pay yourself first and then you don't really miss the rest of it i don't think
3: i don't (laughs) Not right now, you know, because it's like in the long run, we're going to be saving so much money and it's just more freedom that we'll have to do with that
2: money. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot of what I always say, it's um, shorter term sacrifices for a much greater, longer term gain. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Where do you live, by the way? Oh, another good question. I (laughs) split time between Salt Lake City and then upstate New York, which is probably two random locations. Oh, yeah, a little bit. That's okay, though. Yeah. So my family business is upstate. Um, and so I initially started New York. It was New York City upstate and then decided I really like Salt Lake City. So now mm-hmm. I split time between Salt Lake City and upstate and got rid of my New York City apartment. Oh, so do you just rent when you go to New York or how do you do it? I'm a big believer in owning. Yes. So I own property in New York and I own property yes. in Utah. Oh, good for you. Which when you were saying how I really always think it's important for a property to have its own emergency fund because properties have emergencies. And when they do, they're expensive usually. Mm -hmm. And it tends to be whenever there's an issue with the Utah property, I'm in New York. Whenever Mm -hmm. there's an issue with New York, I, I was very fortunate this year. I had a very big issue on my New York property and Mm -hmm. I happened to be in town. Thank goodness. Oh, good. (laughs) Yes. But yeah. So I split time between those two places. Yeah. Good for you. New York's expensive. <laughs> New York is incredibly expensive. So yeah. the taxes in New York, in upstate New York, not even in, you know, New York City is even more expensive, but my taxes are about four times the taxes I pay in Utah. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Is, yeah. The taxes in upstate New York are more than the mortgage. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's sad, <laughs> which is sad because then once you get your mortgage paid off, your tax bill is still was the is the larger bill and obviously isn't ever going to go away. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. you know, well, it's good that
3: you own at least, you know, because eventually that's going to be worth a lot. So,
2: yeah, it is. It is nice to own because you can aside the tax bills going up. You control some more of the cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm a big believer in owning real estate if you're in the financial position to do it. I think that you know yeah. you can get in over your head pretty easily, especially if you get into a property and God forbid there's a big expense out of the gate, yeah. Um, then you're not prepared. But I think, especially with these low interest rates,
0: mm-hmm. it's a
2: great a great way to um, build wealth if you're in the financial position to do it. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Well, Rami, this was so fun to have you on the podcast. Thank um, you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'll wrap it up for our lovely listeners. You can find um, the most up-to-date information on Instagram at Future Rich Podcast, and you can check out our online classes, which are in partnership with SUNY Ulster at
0: www.futurerichpodcast.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward.